0: Log Talk Radio Whatever he hears. Welcome ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of WI2C Radio, June the 9th, 2018. It's good to be with you. Let's start the broadcast this way. Revelation chapter 9, verse 2. He opened the bottomless pit and smoke went up out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you realize that exact phraseology uses can only direct you to Genesis chapter 19, verse 28. And he looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley, and he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land ascended like the smoke of a furnace. This also has to take you to another chapter 19, that being Exodus Now Mount Sinai was all in smoke because the Lord descended upon it fire and its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked violently. Riddle me, ladies and gentlemen. Who's the last person that pointed that out to you? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. Rittle me this. Will you need your hinds feet in heaven? And tell me if you can, will you be given the wings of an eagle so you can fly to heaven? Let's get this started with a kick, shall we? Welcome ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Is To Come, WI2C Radio, good stuff, I love that intro, we might get into that just a little bit, the topic of that, as it pertains to the whole of the chapter of Joel, chapter 2, but good stuff. Let's get DeBry on, and uh, let's get his opening comments on what he thinks about an entire chapter being dedicated to the three woes.
1: Brian? An entire chapter? Hmm. I could have sworn there was a lot of other chapters dedicated to this.
0: Brian, do we have you? Hello? Yes. What's up? Did you... I didn't...
1: <laughs>
0: did you not hear yeah, my opening diatribe?
1: What's that? So you
0: didn't hear my opening diatribe?
1: No, I heard it. My, I responded, but I'm at a bit of a handicap oh. here because I had to move my Mac at the last second to the bedroom. The wife has guests over.
0: Okay, yeah, um... I didn't hear you respond because uh, my wife come out here and started talking to me. Uh, so luckily I switched to mute right when she opened the door. So, hey, this is going to be an entertaining one, isn't it? Uh, and it's been entertaining all day. I'm, I'm going to have to say – now, Brian, you may get mad at me, okay? But we're just going to have to run with it because I was not going to talk about this, but this really happened today. Um You know, just as a bit of humor, okay. I took a screenshot of somebody else's conference, okay, and they're uh, they're charging 150 bucks for it. Well, on top of that, they charge you a fee of 250. I'm not sure what the fee is, but this this is this is real. Uh, My wife gets on the post. Uh she's obviously in the bedroom. I'm out here in the garage, you know, doing my Bible studies. Uh, and she puts a first reply, um, no. She waits for me to respond, and I didn't, you know, I was busy doing something else. So she responds, let's not even, okay? Well, I thought she was yelling at me because I posted my favorite quote. And it is inappropriate for me to... You know, do that with uh, the people that's involved with this conference. but to make this joke all of a sudden unfunny, my wife actually thought this was a Bible conference at a nudist camp. So uh, I assure her that uh, the person is fully accredited. and I went to his site to try to figure out why that's the name. Of his broadcast. That's the name of his website. It it always has been, I believe. So, uh, I was kind of stunned at that. And I'm not trying to cast a bad light on the individual at all. But it really wasn't funny. I mean, my wife, I had to go inside and she explained to me, what are you doing posting something about a nudist camp that's not funny? And ladies and gentlemen, I, 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 <laughs> I am not trying to get involved with entertainment here. I, I mean, I, I really was joking about the individual vo- involved, and that was probably pretty appro- inappropriate, but all of a sudden it got out of hand. And I could not chase it down as to why you would call any biblically related website by that name. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, you have my word. We're not going to talk about entertainment tonight. What I'm talking about is real. And I speak of things with authority. Because you think certain things about the Bible. I don't. It is the fact of the matter. And I mean the Hebrew and the Greek is the fact of the matter. And that's what I know. Now, see, that's what separates me from uh, me and this individual. He may believe a whole lot of malarkey. I'm telling you, I don't believe the Bible. I'm telling you, I know it. There's a whopping big difference when it comes to proper definitions of terms. So I understand that upsets a lot of people because I come across that way and Some people had problems with uh, me on YouTube speaking that way, that I speak 100% factually. I'm not wishy-washy. I don't believe anything about the Bible. I know it. So, when you're trying to relay things like I do, you need to understand that I'm coming from an absolutely rock-solid foundation. And the people that I'm speaking to, are living on the beach. So I'm not trying to upset you. It's, it's not Brian and I's intention to upset anybody uh, by the way we state things as a matter of factly, because that's the way they are. Now, regardless if you're associated with a church or a denomination, if you don't like that, leave. But please don't pomp around like you're a Christian and then come on uh, forums that are for public Christian consumption and start using curse words. You are what you are. I have a problem with that, but I mean, I do have a problem with you displaying such vulgar language and inept IQ in the presence of children that that does bother me but I'm not here to entertain you and what you get from me you're going to get it miter of factly because I don't believe like you I know there's a whopping big difference now that's not to say that I'm mean and that's not to say that me and Brian don't argue in the background because we do sometimes Brian disagrees with me and He brings it to my attention and we argue about it and come to an agreement as to what we're going to do and roll forward with and nobody is any the wiser about it. So if you're listening and you're standing on a beach I have No desire to provoke you or get you angry. Just go somewhere else, much like the gentleman I just mentioned. Go listen to him. I don't, I don't, I have no emotional attachment to, you know, people being mad at me for whatever reason. I'm obviously not going to argue with you. But uh, we're not here to entertain. And uh, that's what I did today. And it really kind of upset me because it got my wife mad at me. She actually thought I was joking about a nudist colony. That's not funny. I mean, once I got into the bedroom, because everybody knows she just had hip surgery. She was laying on the bed, you know, trying to rest. So I was out here in the garage. I'm not in an office. Okay, I don't have an office. I'm literally in my garage. And uh, you know, I go inside, and she's ticked. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I you know I didn't realize that the general public would. (sighs) (sighs) I mean, why in God's name would you name your website that if you are on an escapade, declaring yourself to be a biblical expert? I have no idea, but, I, I mean, that's that's for him. Well, I would hope his wife would want to resolve that situation, but at any rate, I, I have nothing against him or whatever, and it was just a joke, and I didn't mean to, you know. Um, well, at any rate, I'm not very good At entertaining. I'm not very good at joking. That's not what God designed me to do. Now, by God, maybe He didn't make me to be pretty. Maybe He didn't make me to be blonde haired and blue eyed and sleek. Maybe I'm not appropriated to be a model for a cover of Harlequin romance. But I'll tell you one thing, and by God, this thing you can take to the bank. He certainly forged me to be one thing, and that thing I am. And when it comes to that one thing, nobody does it better. Everybody else has these wishy-washy beliefs. No, I put it to the iron stylus and wrote it upon my heart. I don't know. I, I, ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand this. I don't believe it. I know it. Now, if that's upsetting to you, I'm sorry. Now, I don't want you to get mad at Brian for it, or my wife for it, or any of my friends on Facebook for it. But the show started out. I was going to let it go. But right when we went live, my wife comes out. I don't (laughs) – so the Holy Spirit is the one driving this show. He always has been. And you know, this is what you can know in your heart. Whenever Brian and I don't do a broadcast, or I don't do a broadcast, or I don't do something, and you're expecting me to do it, you want to know why it don't happen? Because the Holy Spirit don't do it. I mean, I just had a few emails that people were upset that me and my wife didn't get a chance to get on and do Tiny Chat. Well, guess what? It's not my fault. I am faithful. I have always been faithful 100% of the time. I've gone on the air sick. Well, actually, I'm near to the point of losing my voice now. I've been coughing so much. 100% of the time, if, if I can take the shot, you can bet your bottom dollar the trigger's going to get pulled. Well we have a lot to cover tonight and it's intense now there's been a whole bunch of garbage cunningly devised fables invented even about Joel chapter 2 because what's been lied about no sense for me to mince words these F.S. shepherds lie to you because that's what the fat sheep want to hear but Joel chapter 2 some, it says some very dire things. Uh, by the way, it tells you up front, the next celestial incursion which you will endure is he who sitteth upon the throne. Why hasn't your pastor taught you that when that's what Isaiah says, Jeremiah, Hosea, all of them? They all say that, yet they've all duped you into believing that you're going to see the nice, pretty face of a smiling man son of man no that's not who you're going to encounter first and when you do encounter him he is not coming back bearing roses he comes back to bear the sword well Haven't I mucked up this show so far? Oh, I'm sorry about that. Um, Brian, you need to jump in here and get us on the right course. Um, You know, we need to talk about why it is that an entire chapter is dedicated to the three woes. Uh, I did bring up uh, the two chapters quoted here. They're both 19s. Genesis 19. And Exodus 19 both tells you of something that is burning like a fight, uh, like a furnace that's been opened. Uh, but uh, Brian, take over for a minute. Get us on the right track,
1: all right? Well, as you had asked me and didn't hear earlier, you asked me about, isn't it interesting A whole chapter is dedicated to the woes, but... I think I need to remind uh, everybody that you're actually going to find out there's a whole lot more said about these woes. You know, I'm specifically here because I'm at a handicap at the moment. I'm having to use two different search pieces to do this. But, I mean, if you even begin here at Isaiah 3, Isaiah 5, You have it apparently, it looks like here, Isaiah 10, Isaiah 17, Isaiah 18, 24, 28, 29, 30, 31, 33. Let's see. bunch of times in Jeremiah. This keeps continuing to come up all over the place, folks. And I know Matthew has made mention of this in the past why don't you jump in here for a moment Matthew and kind of comment on that because well of course one of the
0: big sequences of woes is in Isaiah chapter 5 it says woe six times which I hope everybody realizes is three times doubled so you might want to take a look at that but the bigger portion that this directly pertains to is all over the apocalypse of isaiah so that's how the apocalypse starts out it's in isaiah 24:16 it's in 28:29 twice it's in 30, 31 and 33 so there's no way we can cover all the information concerning these woes And, ladies and gentlemen, being in uh, Jeremiah, um, oh my goodness, Um, for the judgment of Babylon, all over 50 and 51, we just don't have time to cover all those chapters with all that data. Impossible to do. I mean, we're not even going to talk about the two times it's brought up in Ezekiel chapter 13. all those chapters are massively important with way too much information to cover of course the Hebrew of Habakkuk chapter 2 has it three times it's got it in 6, 12, and 19 so uh, this one of course is a direct one well ladies and gentlemen You just have to come to terms with this is a direct shot against topics against a particular individual, uh, which makes himself rich with loans that Hebrew is, is important, um, You know I, I have to say this if you don't have the wherewithal to understand that it's in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 19 directly related to the image of the beast I don't know what to tell you I really don't I, I don't even know what to tell you but you might want to take a serious look at that first in the Septuagint version like I said if you get it in the Greek and search out the word there for woe it's going to come alive then you once you come to grips with that chapter in the Greek switch it over to the Hebrew and prepare to have your mind blown away and that's the entire spirit of this entire chapter Let's, let's go back and quote okay Last verse, chapter 8. Then I looked and heard an eagle flying in mid heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. So you should realize that now we're in for dire consequences for anybody who's on planet earth. Dire consequences. Let's take a read of it, shall we? Um, we shall read, well, we'll read to uh, verse 12. That's when he puts a cap on this one, so Brian and I can share our thoughts about it. Tonight we'll be reading out of the KJV. Um, for those of you that that's what you're familiar with, you've grown up with it, you've never even owned a different translation, so it's inappropriate for. Brian and I to put a hindrance on you So we'll just read it out of the, the KJV um, So the rest of you That are looking in modern translations uh, Just follow along The best you can They, they line up fairly well uh, But we need to uh, remember Those that have been crowned with silver uh, They are due honor And for those of you That are actually Christians Not, not the ones that say you are I'm saying the ones that actually are Because you act like it. We shall give honor where it is due. Revelation chapter 9. The first verse. And the fifth angel sounded. And I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit. And there arose smoke out of the pit. As the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men, which have not the seal of God on their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when it striketh a man. And in those days men shall seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were likened to horses prepared for battle. And on their heads were were crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of a woman, and their teeth was as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates as it were of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running into battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions. And there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, there come two more woes hereafter. Brian, your thoughts on the opening verses there? Very powerful. Um, wow, a whole lot goes on, and God has to give us a whole lot of details here about this uh, very first trumpet um, or the fifth trumpet I'm sorry in this chapter it's the first trumpet in this chapter uh, trumpet number five Um, wow so much information there Brian
1: I would definitely agree on that because boy oh boy there is so many things going on and this chapter alone that how many programs have we done on certain things that are in here? It's just quite uh, quite something else. Uh, you know this uh, first verse here says a whole lot. And it's rather interesting uh, when you look at the uh, fifth angel and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Now, of course, in the New Testament, you're going to have this coming up 24 times. Uh, it's real interesting, at least when I did a search by the Strong's number, because it didn't want to. The word for star there is a little bit different. And actually, Matthew, comment on that word for star. I'd be able to do more if I wasn't uh, handicapped here at the moment, but I don't have my regular programs in front of me, so.
0: Not a problem. Uh, are you wanting me to uh, cover the Greek or the Hebrew? I would uh, like to do both. I
1: I, I guess I should. Well, for, for, go for it either way. I've noticed that that word for star there has a little bit of an extra kick to it in the Greek, um, and I don't really have access to doing this in the Hebrew quite as easily as normal, so.
0: Alright, uh, not a problem. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Greek. This 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 word here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for star is G792. Uh, uh, it's aster. Of course, you uh, probably know that uh, from the Old Testament, uh, King James Version, the asteroth. Yes, that's the same. That is the root word for the same word in Greek. It's, it's the same exact word. So saying that in Greek, now you know where it all comes from. That word comes from uh, the Greek for star. And uh, when you take a look at it, uh, this is in the singular acoustic sense. So this is a very particular star. And when we uh, take that uh, same word there to the Greek, and we're going to look for the exact case and form. Now, Remember, ladies and gentlemen, that in the Greek, uh, this can have up to eight different forms. Up to eight different types of ways this word can be quoted. But its exact case and form is only four times. We just read one, and it's the last time. The other time, you've got to go to Matthew chapter 2 or Revelation chapter 2. You don't have a choice. Now, Well, that being said, Brian and I have did a lot of work on that, uh, about the simple uh, fact that uh, this star, when it pertains uh, to uh, having stopped over Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, that's very important when it comes to celestial simology. For one thing, that means that the star is in opposition. That means that uh, you're in place in the heavens, you know, our uh, our planet goes around the sun So let's take the star Sirius. A lot of people know about that star, it's the dog star That's only in opposition Exactly one night per year That's when it's exactly opposite of us in the heavens from the sun So you have to realize that plays massively into celestial symbology And to why this star came to rest over Jesus uh, but here it is in Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. It's also down in verse 2. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. It's also in Revelation chapter Two and verse 28 in direct context with this rod of iron that Christ will rule with. Uh, I'll read the one before it so everybody understands the context I just said, verse 27. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As vessels of potter, they shall be broken into shivers. Even as I have received of my father... And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So it's right there for this particular individual uh, group. And we know that this is, well, it's half that the rod will rule with. Everybody remembers the two sticks in prophecy. Uh, They're joined together. This is what's being alluded to here. This is in direct relation with what we just got the same group in Revelation chapter 7. He mentions them here. Okay, so we have to mention Primus Resurrectorate. You have to realize, stop the bus, those that were just numbered are headlong in the tribulation. Verse 4, and it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, nor either any green thing, nor any tree... But only those men which did not receive the seal of God on their foreheads. So these 144,000 of Primus Resurrectorate are right there in the game in their midst. But they cannot be touched. Now I want to uh, bring everybody's attention um, over an in-time Tribune media. Uh, Brian went through a lot of work to post... uh, a very important uh, blog post on this. Uh, Let's just bring him in here right now and have him uh, discuss this blog's post. And this is one of my favorite ones of Brian's because
1: he begins it with a riddle. Brian? Well, there is a specific reason, and folks, if you go over to uh, endtimetribunemedia.com, And you're going to want to look for a specific one, the Riddle of Phaeton's Chariot Ride. Because there's something going on here that is encoded all throughout history. Now, one reason I bring this up is because of the fact that you have this word for star is being used in Judges 5 verse 20. They fought. From heaven, the stars in their courses fought against Sisera. Now, this is a very specific event, along with quite a few other specific events, where I was able to actually calculate a chronology between these and lock this into a very specific uh, a comic that continued to show up throughout history and rain great destruction down on this planet. Now, the first one of these I happened to find was in this window that was 80 years prior to the death of Moses. Or, I'm sorry, the birth of Moses. The whole reason we began to look for this in the first place was, well, Matthew had uh, set me on the Project which I spent extensive time working on that will be covered in the future concerning locking in the uh, infamous star that the Magi followed. Not to even mention it's... Uh, how do we say this? Well, history repeats itself. The slaughter of the Innocents. Is what we've spoken of many times in the past, two years and under, and in the womb. Which, of course, you had that happen at the time of Moses. You had that happen at the time of the birth of Christ. So I was looking for a cyclical event. Having no idea, I was going to stumble onto another cyclical event. Now, there's folks out there that will call this the cycle of cosmic catastrophes. There's been a great deal of authors out there that have worked intently on this, trying to figure out why there has been a cycle that continues to happen throughout history in a set path. And when I, like I stated, when I went back 80 years from the birth of Moses, lo and behold, I stumbled into an event that caused the collapse of the, I believe it's the uh, Zia, and then went into the Shang dynasty in 1607 BC. Now this is in the tree records, tree ring records and everything else. And there's a very specific prophecy that they mention when they saw, I believe in China, they saw 10 stars. Um, essentially this uh, heavenly body as it came in towards the earth, exploded over them. Whereas in India, at the same time, they saw seven pieces of this blow up. And, uh, you know, one of the uh, things I have written in here, here is the Xi'an dynasty came to a halt as great famine, plagues, and destruction occurred. This can be accurately dated through the correct chronology of the Xi'an and Shang dynasties to have occurred somewhere around 1607 BC. The tree ring records of this same time frame also confirm the major catastrophe occurred somewhere around 1607 B.C. So, and as I continue to go on through this, folks, there's something very interesting I was able to find because of the way I was able to calculate this using a set string of events. For instance, we have Joshua's Long Day. We have the event that I mentioned previous to this at the time of Deborah and the Book of Judges. Because, folks, you kind of have to ask yourself what in the world was going on in the heavens here. Well, you get to the conclusion after a while that, oh, yes, there were things going on above their head that definitely had uh, some very dire cosmic repercussions. And you can keep going through if you just even look for this uh, in the Septuagint, the easiest way I did this was just put in uh, G792 to pull up all the references, since I am handicapped at the moment. But it got the job done. But as everybody, you can see, this is a string of events. And Matthew had made mention of the fact that it comes up there in Matthew 2. Now, there is a fable that I had bought into for years on end concerning the sign of Revelation 12. Appearing in the heavens. Approximately around 3 BC. I think is where they locked this in. Being that infamous star. But as Matthew pointed out. There's something peculiar going on. Because if something is going to stand. Okay. You got to look for a similarity. And then 12 BC and 10 BC. We had a ghost comet. We had Halley's Comet. 10 BC. We had a ghost comet. Now this comet is spoken of all throughout the Roman text. Very specifically, it gets real interesting when you find the Roman record stating that it stood over the place. I believe um, it was Agrippa that had passed away at that time, Matthew. Exactamundo? Exactly, and that is also a very, very important aspect. And this is why, once again, as I stated, this is why I decided to go backwards. Of course, I had to make things more entertaining by adding an extra mission into what I was working on. Well, it led to this entire string of work, and which I released on the Riddle of Phaeton's Chariot Ride, because there's a whole lot more going on to this. This ties into the expulsion of the Hyksos from Egypt. Because in the Greek, you have a very specific person mentioned there whose name is Epophis. That Hyksos last king at their expulsion, his name was Apophis. So now you know you're not dealing with um, coincidences here because there is a celestial event that also transpires at this time. So you begin to realize there's a pattern here. And folks, the um, version that I posted here, you see the old one that I had up on the Bands of Time website was edited because I took something out that I decided to leave in this one. Because you have something happen here with the Fall Feast of 1965 and the comet Ikea Sakai, where this comet, continues to make its course starting here in 1965 from August 29th up to the 29th of Alul, which is uh, Rosh Hashanah, and so on. This goes into, let's see here, 5725 into 5726, you have a very interesting string of events happening here. There's, You can go over to the website and take a look at this. For those that uh, follow my Twitter at Overt Attention Show, you can uh, see the post up there. And I've even got it over on the Facebook page for End Time Tribune Media. So I don't want to take up the entire show explaining this because this whole thing needs another show anyways.
0: No doubt about that. Um, you know it's absolutely amazing that uh, people don't know a lot of things that you <laughs> that you just talked about we've done so much work so many different venues it's just off the charts let's uh, let's talk about this a little bit ladies and gentlemen you have to come to grips as to the reason why uh, there's some massive things that's mentioned here especially with Uh, You can't die here Death flees from you Now If you don't realize That that's quoting a couple of different Chapters When they will hide in the hills And uh, You know Hide in the rocks And all those Sorts of things You don't realize that those are quoted in multiple places In the Old Testament I mean, you're talking about um, Isaiah chapter 2, well, Hosea chapter 10 mentions it, this time, because you have to understand why you're given the name of the angel, and of course, uh, my son just loves that, because uh, you're not allowed to know his name, because you're given both versions, you're given two names, Uh, for him Abaddon and Apollyon you need to come to grips with who give him this key ladies and gentlemen this is in the shadow of the great day of who sitteth upon the throne this is in the shadow of the sixth seal all of this happening and you have to realize in your mind uh, who's the one that gave him the key you're supposed to keep this in your mind, I mean, you're supposed to keep this in your mind that, um, you know, I'll mention another one concerning uh, a furnace of blazing fire. Now, you'll take note, The KJV: he opened the bottomless pit and smoke went up out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Daniel chapter 3 verse 6. I've always I've already pointed out the image of the beast once, but let's do it again. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the midst of what? A furnace of blazing fire. So you should realize all these things are coming to bear. Now the simple fact, ladies and gentlemen, that he's wanting to take you to the event of genesis 18 and 19 because this is the exact thing that happened in sodom and gomorrah and he looked down toward sodom and gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley and he saw and behold the smoke of the land ascended like the smoke of a furnace same exact wordage there used there is no consternation as to what was being nuked in that valley, ladies and gentlemen. No consternation. We know that this is the second incursion, beyond any shadow of a doubt.
2: The well, of heaven, heaven falling.
1: The Oops. No, Brian, go ahead. Well, I was just going to state real quickly. We've even found evidence of historical records that are pointing out to a cosmic celestial event that took place also at the time of Sodom and Gomorrah. It was one of those that was a little bit hard to trace through because of the limited information concerning this uh, specific tablet that they found.
0: And yet God provided us with that tablet, didn't he? But ladies and gentlemen, there's no doubt about what was going on in the valley. This is talked about. Um, you should know exactly uh, what it is that's uh, in this. A pit. Uh, I mean, the New Testament comes out and tells you uh, just exactly, you know, what they did, um, how it happened, uh, what the deal was. It's talked about in Job, uh, and it's talked about in Second Peter. And it goes to great lengths to tell you here. uh, For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell. That is not Hades. It's never been Hades. And in the King James Version, it uh, says the same thing, hell. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, that is not hell. That is Tartarus. It's Tartarus. It is... Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, look that up in all um, any resource you can get your hand on. It is uh, the prison uh, for the angels. Um, And it says here, uh, the KJV, of course, into chains of darkness. Now, you'll take note, that particular word there for uh, darkness, it's that Greek word zaphos. And guess what? In the Greek, that was the type of darkness that surrounded the abyss sevenfold. Uh, So he's really coming out and telling you, of course, they're reserved for judgment. Okay? Coming right out and and telling you what it is that's in this pit that's just been unleashed. That's why the very next verse in 2 Peter... uh, Tells you the full meal deal, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah. Then what's the next verse it used? It says, "And turning the cities of what Sodom and Gomorrah." So it does this, comes right through, and marches you right through it with Second uh, Peter, chapter two, verse four. Verse 5 and verse 6, it marches you right through it, so you know exactly what's going on. Now Jude uh, goes to uh, explain more uh, to KJV, and the angels which kept not their first estate, uh, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting change under darkness. Guess what? There's that magical word uh, that's used in the Greek, again, only for the darkness that surrounds Tataros or the abyss, unto judgment for the great day. So, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm not going to get too uh, deep in it, but you know exactly uh, what occurred in Genesis chapter 18 and 19. There is no consternation. What happens? it literally says that every man, woman, and child came to rape those angels. Because these angels here for this incursion mentioned in Sodom and Gomorrah, they had come up with a tricksy way to get out of it. Let me just read the next verse in Jude. It comes right out and tells you in the Greek. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, and as it is about them like manner, giving themselves over to fornication. Yes, the angels come right out and did that. Going after strange flesh, here is the kicker. Makes it perfectly clear that they did not protect themselves, so they were allowing themselves to be raped, and people was taking their spermata. Now, now, Some very important points come up on this on the social networking site, and I know that those are crowned with silver. Watch. They don't comment and let anybody know that they're there, but a lot of important information went on over there, and you cannot see it unless you're my friend, so uh, if I'm familiar with you, uh, send me a friend request. You can take a look at that information we talked about today. It's fantastically important. And uh, I and my son are going to do a broadcast on that here, but I don't need to advertise that here. But, ladies and gentlemen, you just have to come to grips with what the Bible plainly states. And that's what comes out of this abyss. Like I said, uh, you know, I appreciate that the King James, Vi- uh, the King James Bible uh, uses that word for hell in 2nd Peter chapter 2 verse 4 that is not correct that is tartaros that is the abyss mentioned all over Greek text so you see that they've been there for thousands of years so their judgment is quite worse than what the judgment that's going to be parcelled out to Satan himself He only has to stay there for a 1,000 years. They have at least been in there for 3,000, at least. Now, yes, that number's obviously older, but Brian and I really can't pin down that date. It's almost like God doesn't want us to know when that event took place. We've got one extra biblical uh, tablet to consult when it comes to Sodom and Gomorrah. You can be well rest assured, it's at least 3,000 years they have been locked up here, and they come out quite psychotic. And it's obvious that they come out to kill everything in their path. You're given a hint and the clue in this text as to the identity, of course, because it goes way out of its length uh, to remind you that they are Sederos as their seed. You've been taught all about that in the book of Daniel, uh, illicitly chapter 2. But here it wants to make sure that you understand it points out their uh, breastplates of ceteros in the Greek. It's iron. That's their foundation. Making sure that you understand that. But they obviously come out quite psychotic, so they're ordered from the get-go... Don't kill anybody. You're not allowed to kill anybody. You're only allowed to torment them for five months. Let's ask Brian, what's special about five months? What's God trying to remind us of there? What else was five months in the Bible, Brian?
1: Yeah, you kind of caught me there a little off guard. I don't really have that answer at the moment. One second. And I'm freezing my computer here, right. so this is no, what happens right. whenever no, the iMac.
0: No, that's all right. Ladies and gentlemen, I can only point you to the flood. It's the only place I can point you to is the flood. That's where that terminology five months comes from. You just have to look at it. And understand where that's uh, coming from, because there in the book of Genesis, he uses a little bit different terminology. There's a reason for that. But literally, um, he's given you all kinds of aspects of time there with the flood, how long it rained, yada, yada, yada. That's, of course, when the first incursion occurred. And that's where all of those angels that came down and committed the sin of Genesis chapter 6. No reason for me to uh, be wishy-washy about it. We're just going to read it. And uh, this is the fact of the matter. This is what happened. And it came to pass when the men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for he is also of flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. The same became mighty men which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of his thoughts, his heart, was only evil continually. Make no mistakes about it. Um, now you understand. Uh, God just come out and told you, point blank, uh, why the Greeks made their myths about the Titans and about... Hercules and all that that's where it comes from, it comes to the Bible because God told them to do so okay let me read it again this is the fact of the matter this is where all your mythology comes from because God commanded it right here in Genesis chapter uh, 6 verse 4 the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown you can take that to the bank So, this is why we can use the myths of old, realize that it's really talking about what the Bible states as fact, and it's of course changed from generation to generation to generation. But the Titans were real, they really did go to the abyss. No, everything after that's fiction. As far as today's concerned, but God just told you they are going to get out. And uh, that comes with massive repercussions because, you know, you're told outright that, yeah, they've been in there for way too long. They've turned psychotic and they're going to kill everything in their path. And they have to be restricted by the one that's set over them this Abaddon, this Apollyon that has been given the key to the shaft. ...of Tataros. So... uh, ...with that in mind... uh, ...we're also... uh, ...given the... the ...aspect of them having wings... um, ...the reference to... ...chariots here, the sound... ...the whole nine yards. Make sure that you know that... um, ...they're wanting to rush... ...into battle and slaughter everything... And now they must be really ticked off because God says they can't kill anybody. They can only torment them for five months, the same amount of time that these were tormented during the flood. That infamous 150 days that really can't get calculated because literally speaking, now that God has changed time, now we only have you know uh, a half a day between two moons so it's impossible to get 150 days in solid month cycles unless you go back to the days of noah so he's letting you know that he's giving them some a little bit of retribution they're allowed to torment people for the same amount of time that these angels obviously had their children white From the face of the earth. So it is a little bit of retribution. I'm not sure why God does that for them. Outside of the fact that you're supposed to see it. And come to grips with it. Now lots of people have said. That uh, this angel is bad. This angel's bad. Over the bottomless pit. No that's a lie. Ladies and gentlemen. The Lord your God just gave him the key. So he can unleash them. On the ungodly. Now. Remember, at this particular point in time, you should be safe and sound. You should have nothing to worry about. You're going to be just in the same state of awe as the children of Israel when they walked up onto the beach out of the Red Sea. I mean, talk about being filled with awe and wonder. You're all going to look around at each other and be, you know, stressed for words thinking to yourself how on earth did we get here I know that just didn't happen and by the time you turn around to look behind you of course God is using the waters to obliterate your enemy opening up the door to the Hyksos invasion now it's too bad we have so little information on that because we could really learn what's going to happen to those in the outer darkness if we could just have more information on what happened to Egypt when Pharaoh got back to his throne without an army.
2: <laughs>
0: ah, yes. So with that in mind, um, you know, absolutely amazing everything here. But, yeah, Brian, go ahead.
1: Well, I have more information... We discussed that already. Oh, we got plenty of information. And uh, once again, I guess that goes into another cop- topic. We're going to have to discuss that at great length here in the future as well. Concerning that infamous Hyksos and greater Hyksos. And, you know, let me point out something here real quick, folks. This is a discussion that Matthew and I have had in the background. If you want to know who's in charge of the show at a specific moment in time, well, all you have to do is look at Egypt. Because if you look at the ancient world, everybody seemed to go and grab that place. And that is part of that southward quadrant. And that's all I'm going to say on that for the time being, because this is going to be part of the crucible coming up here in the future.
0: Yes it most certainly is we've got a crucible in the pocket ladies and gentlemen we've already got one recorded it's going up tomorrow as soon as possible uh oh my goodness we got a whole lot to cover all right are you ready for me to read uh the next stanza brian or did you want to talk more about this i mean you haven't got to talk about the locust or anything so was you wanting to cover some about that
1: There's a billion aspects in there that you pretty much hit dead on the head. And, I mean, folks, there's so many misconceptions going on out there concerning so many of these things that it's to the point of utter ridiculousness. Now, luckily enough, Matthew made a bit of a reference to some of these things are being cleared up in the background as we speak. But, folks, for one, okay, Sodom and Gomorrah, as you pointed out, those were angels. So, if anybody tries to tell you that Sodom and Gomorrah was wiped out for any other reason, because, yes, they were angels outside the door that everybody was trying to attack. Okay, they didn't wipe them out because they were um, a certain group of people that Certain ones within the Crusader branch like to bash on. That's fiction. Uh, how many others we have to go in here to here?
0: You could literally go in all day. But there is no consternation what what happened whenever the angels got down into Sodom and Gomorrah, and uh, the entire townspeople wanted them
1: to get a hold. Oh, that really Well, exactly. I was going to point out, though, how the uh, containment field works, but again, I don't think I want to touch. Oh, my goodness. Did we lose Brian? Folks, there's a mechanical field doing this.
0: yes there is we're going to go ahead and jump to break now uh, we're going to read a little bit about this day um, please do enjoy the break we'll be back in 9 minutes 38 seconds
2: Isaiah two. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amoz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his paths For out of Zion shall go forth the law And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem And he shall judge among the nations And shall rebuke many people And they shall beat their swords into plowshares And their spears into pruning hooks Nations shall not lift up sword against nation Neither shall they learn war any more O house of Jacob, come ye And let us walk in the light of the Lord. Therefore thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob, because they be replenished from the east, and are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they please themselves in the children of strangers. Their land also is full of silver and gold, neither is there any end of their treasures. Their land is also full of horses, neither is there any end of their chariots. Their land also is full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. And the mean man boweth down, and the great man humbleth himself. Therefore forgive them not. Enter into the rock, and hide thee in the dust, for fear of the Lord, and for the glory of his majesty. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. But the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty, and upon everyone that is lifted up, and he shall be brought low, and upon all the cedars of Lebanon that are high and lifted up, and upon all the oaks of Basham, and upon all the high mountains, and upon all the hills that are lifted up, and upon every high tower, And upon every fenced wall, and upon all the ships of Tarshish, and upon all pleasant pictures, And the loftiness of man shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of men shall be made low. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. And the idols he shall utterly abolish. And they shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty, when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. In that day, a man shall cast his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which they made each one for himself to worship, to the moles and to the bats, to go into the clefts of the rocks and into the tops of the ragged rocks for fear of the Lord. And for the glory of his majesty, when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. Cease ye from man whose breath is in his nostrils, for wherein is he to be accounted of? Joel 2. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. that all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong. There hath not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness, yea and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, and as horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble, as a strong people set in battle array. Before their face the people shall be much pained, all faces shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men, they shall climb the wall like men of war, And they shall march every one on his ways And they shall not break their ranks Neither shall one thrust another They shall walk every one in his path And when they fall upon the sword They shall not be wounded They shall run to and fro in the city They shall run upon the wall They shall climb up upon the houses They shall enter in at the windows like a thief The earth shall quake before them The heavens shall tremble The sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. And rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent, and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God? Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, and those that suck the breasts, let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber, and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land, and pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn, and wine, and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith. And I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. But I will remove far off from you the northern army, and will drive him into a land barren and desolate with his face toward the east sea, and his hinder part toward the utmost sea, and his stink shall come up, and his ill savour shall come up, because he hath done great things. He in art, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid ye beast of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, And ye shall eat in plenty, and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, Your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to W I two C Radio. We was having some trouble with uh, Brian's mic there; his connection was a little weak. He's called back in. I'm sure he'll be. All right, back up to speed. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to dive into the second portion. I will ask Brian one more time if uh, we are cleared to uh, read about uh, the next trumpet or not. Uh, Brian, you have anything to add to that last set of verses? There's just so much there that we could cover, that's for sure.
1: All right, give me one moment here as my uh, program loads. I had to do a whole bunch of moving things around here, folks, so sorry. These things happen, you know, people have company over and all that, so nothing wrong with that. I just wasn't expecting it today. <laughs> and I mean... That's all right, Brian. That's all right, Brian. No problem. Well, it's I think we pretty much hit on everything that we really needed to hit on there just to give a simple... Precursor. I mean, folks, you have to understand, beginning here, for one, we've got something happening. We've discussed this uh, shadow and silhouette of what this event's going to look like as the star comes out of heaven. We've got to bring in the Genesis 6 correlation with what was happening there. And this just continues to build. You know, and as you pointed out, Abaddon and Apollyon, well, it states they had a king over them, the angel of the abyss. And then that's, uh, I think that sort of uh, paraphrases everything we need to paraphrase for the moment. Matthew, did I lose you? No, I forgot to
0: unmute myself. Uh, Let me just say everything I was saying again. Um, Let's get to the text, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, it's been a rough ride tonight. Um, Ah, yes, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, Brian and I just seem to be mucking this up just as much as we can, but uh, the spirit is, of course, willing. Uh, we're going to talk about, right from the opening, let's, let's do a refresher course on uh, last week. Okay, just a little bit. I'm going to read about the golden altar. Just take note, that's only talking about one altar. Uh, to get that information, you got to go to Exodus chapter 40. It's mentioned there in verse uh, 5 and 26 of Exodus chapter 40. The very last chapter of the Exodus you all need to know and understand that. So chapter nine, verse thirteen, and the six angels sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying, to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates, And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared, for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay a third part of men and the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand and I heard the number of them and thus I saw the horses in the vision and then that sat on them having breastplates of fire and of Jachunath, and Brimstone, and the heads of the horses were the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire, and smoke, and brimstone. By these three was a third part of men killed, by the fire, and by the smoke, and by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth, and in their tails, Further tells, were likened to serpents, and had heads, and with them they do hurt. And the rest of men, which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils, and idols of gold and silver and brass, and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk neither repented they of their murders nor of their sorceries nor of their fornication nor of their thefts ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen boy if that's not a whopping set of verses I don't know what is let's uh, pass the mic off to Brian so he can be shown the respect of first comments. Brian, your thoughts on uh this next trumpet
1: Well this is the uh this is the big one. Release the four angels those having been bound at the great River Euphrates. Folks, this River Euphrates event ties into so many other places coming up here in the future within the book of Revelation. Most notably, when you stop to consider that this is a precursor to the kings of the east. And. Uh, you know it's ironic. We're dealing with the four angels. And yet. As Matthew has made mention. And reference too many times. We have a fifth. And uh, the best way to put it. Is in the midst of. The rivers. But nonetheless. You know you see this. Absolute. Spot being mentioned. Again, time and time again. And there's even aspects that are going to tie into things that we have coming up in the future. For instance, the uh, infamous rise of the he-goat and some very peculiar things that happens when he gets near these rivers. But this is uh, all kinds of very important here. Because, I mean, even if you look at this... With the uh, number of armies of the cavalry was two myriads of myriads in this translation. Sorry, folks, let me uh, point that over to the KJV. And the KJV, obviously, we got the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand, and I heard the number of them. And thus, I saw the horses in the vision, and then, of course, we go on to get some extreme details here. Uh, go ahead, uh, Matthew.
0: Yeah, I want to point everybody to the Battle of Sedim. Uh, my son did a pretty good paper write-up on that, on um, biblesourcecode.com, which is no longer available. That's uh, expired here this week, I think. So I don't know if we'll make that available again, or if perhaps uh, he and I and Brian might do a broadcast on that as well. But... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's pretty important that – well, you get the gist of this. Um, You think in your mind that everybody is going to be killed by this army, right? That's what you're thinking. But that's not what it says. It's not what it says. It says specifically – that and out of their mouths issued fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three was a third part of men killed. And let's, uh, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, Brian, what's your take on that, the simple fact that you're expecting this to be a big battle? You're expecting uh, people to be killed with a sword, right? Uh, that's not what he just said. He said that it was the horses that killed everybody by the smoke and the brimstone and fire, with that uh, spewed out of these well mouths of the horses. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? And have you have you, have you heard anybody talk about this? By the way. That it's not the army that actually kills anybody, but the horses. What's your thoughts on that?
1: What? Well, to be quite uh, literally honest, I don't think I've heard anybody talk about this part, period. You know, there's a uh, shadow and silhouette moments going on here. But yes, you're dealing specifically with these uh, very, how do you put that, sort of peculiar horsemen. And like Matthew just pointed out, yep, how is it that they uh, slay a third of mankind by these plagues, by the fire, the smoke, the brimstone, which proceeded out of their mouths? That's even rather interesting here, the usage of, well, I'm in the NASB on this program, sorry about that, folks, I was uh, trying to pull up something to look at here real fast. Let me look at what it says here. Uh, Sorry, I got to go in, Matthew, and uh, continue what I was saying there.
0: Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Um, Brian just made mention of the, well, the angels bound there. And he definitely wants you to see that uh, it definitely says army, no doubt about it. Of horsemen um, that's exactly what it means uh, in the Greek there's no other way to you know really uh, put that I mean he uses you know the Greek word to make sure that you understand exactly uh, what's going on there and it makes you scratch your head because it mentions the troops and it goes way out of its way to give you the number of the troops and then turns around and tells you that uh, the troops don't actually kill anybody the horses do and of course these horses are not in any way shape or form natural Uh, there's no way to even insinuate that they are Um, which is just off the charts, ladies and gentlemen. Why does it put things like this? I mean, it makes you wonder what's going on. Uh, What's actually happening here? Uh, You would think that this was uh, you know, perhaps the well, I guess I better be careful what I say. I mean, we did just listen to Joel chapter 2, and, well, Isaiah chapter 2, Hosea chapter 10 speaks uh, of this time. So this is really catching everybody by surprise, us talking about this, because, yeah, nobody else is going to talk about the simple fact that it's the horses that do the killing, and they're not exactly natural. It certainly uh, uh, tells you their coloring. It tells you, um, you know, the heads of the horses were like lions. Uh, They were fire breathing. And their snakes were, and their tails were like snakes, like serpents. So if anybody was thinking that this was just a natural horse that you would ride. Uh, No, it's not, at all. Uh, These aren't natural in any way, shape, or form. So, Brian, your, 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 your thoughts on that, that, well, these, well, in the Greek it's hippos. It's where you get the word hippopotamus from, hippos. But do you think we're dealing with, uh, I don't know, chimeric sort of entities, or do you think that um, these are divine in nature? Uh, Do you think these are angels that are the horsemen? What's your thoughts?
1: Well, you made mention of a certain specific word there at the beginning, chimeric. See, that's what it tends to remind me of. And uh, what do we mean by chimeric? Well, that's a, uh, how do you put that, sort of a mix between certain animals here uh, is one way to state it.
0: Yeah, they, ladies and gentlemen, by Chimeric, and Brian and I did a broadcast on this. I think it was on uh, the Prophetico, about the usage of Chimera in the Bible. It's all over the place. You can't get around it. It is when an angelic entity defiles not the daughters of men, but they defile Animals, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the book of uh, the book of Genesis is very clear. It tells you that all seed was polluted by them, tying back in again with what we already stated in uh, Genesis chapter four. it Came plainly out and told you that all myths were going to be built on these things. This is where uh, you know your Medusa comes from, and uh, any other sort uh, of creature. Um, That was not, well, not made the way it was uh, properly designed to be. We get this even uh, in the Greek uh, from Isaiah. comes plainly out and tells you that these entities uh, that are sirens, which historically we know beyond any shadow of a doubt what a siren was, ladies and gentlemen. It was half angel, half sparrow. That's why the Greek comes right out and tells you that these sirens are going to nest with their natural counterparts. It comes right out and tells you, sparrows, even though uh, it's always translated incorrectly there. Sometimes they say ostriches, which is a lie, because that in the Greek is megos, mega, sparrow. So everybody knows that uh, that's translated wrong. Which, that's one of the biggest problems, ladies and gentlemen. We, You know, I could certainly, my son is begging me to make a translation of our own. Well, that's a task that's, I mean, I'm already too old to do that. But yes, it could be done. But when you're dealing with chimeric entities, they are half angelic and half animal. Uh, that's why some of these uh, wicked spirits, and that's where they come from, they're the deceased prodigy of the angels mentioned in Second Peter chapter 2, Jude. Uh, that's why sometimes, uh, well, like with mentions in the Bible there, um, it couldn't speak, it was mute. It would try to cast uh, the person that it possessed into the fire sometimes, sometimes into the uh, water, of course it was mute, because if in the beginning, um, let's say this entity had been, uh, let's say a Medusa, it would have never had the gift of tongue, especially if it would have been something of an aquatic nature. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, uh, let's say an octopus, for instance. Everybody knows uh, the tales of the great kraken. Well, that kraken would have never been able to speak. It never had lips. It never had a tongue. Physically impossible for it to speak. Therefore, their spirits are mute. They never knew how to speak. So, with that in mind, um, that's probably a short enough definition for that, but for more information on it, just check out Brian and I's broadcast on that. Chimera uh, chimeras in the Bible. Um I think that was a two- or three-hour broadcast. We were extremely thorough, as we always are, and mentioned every case and instance it is in the Bible, God's Holy Word, the Greek side of it. So, with that being said, Bri, uh, any further comments?
1: Well, I was just looking at something here, and I can't remember for the life of me, because there is a very specific Chimera in the Greek myth That is going to point you Towards uh, Something very similar to this Um, And it was rather Interesting I pull one up And they make mention right Away of the infamous Griffins Now folks you need to understand Where the original Griffins come from Because that is beyond The river Euphrates Associated with the Kings of the east themselves most notably the Saka Scythian. Now, of course, you've had this this infamous, um, Griffin has been altered over time to have various appearances because obviously as you go through the different histories, you're going to see some very uh, strange uh, details of how it changed. But if you go in and you start looking at the ancient Scythian art, you're going to find these all over the place in different varying forms as it went throughout time. These things started showing up once you got into Persia, because obviously, well, the Saka themselves had gotten down into Persia quite deeply. This is where we break it back over, and Matthew made mention of Daniel 2 earlier in the program. Well, this is going to pull you back around to the Magi. And those Magi are deeply associated with this symbology. And I would have to say there's a major... Reason And once again, this all ties in with that river Euphrates We have a shadow and silhouette of an upcoming event that's happening here In the book of Revelation Where the river Euphrates is dried up To make way for the kings of the east You have two striking parallels This first time around the ride We're dealing with a chimeric entity second time around the ride well the people that created the symbolic aspect of this certain entity happened to be beyond that river Euphrates part and parcel with those kings of the east so uh, I hope that maybe gives a little touch of clarity in this uh, area
0: well we can go even further than that Brian um this ties over into uh, the Tetramorph. Ladies and gentlemen, does everybody know what a Tetramorph is? Uh, you should know it from uh, Christian iconography, uh, because for the longest time, uh, well, since as early as Irenaeus, uh, the four Gospels have been depicted as Tetramorphs. Please look it up. But you can uh, plainly see uh, that these these griffins, as Brian described them, uh, you know their origins is not in doubt. Uh, you know they were originally used by the Egyptians, the Assyrians, and the Greeks. Uh, you get that, well, of course, from the Sphinx. Everybody knows the Sphinx, right? Um. Uh, everybody knows. Uh, of the Assyrian Lamassu. So this is all over the place. Of course, you keep going. You've probably heard me and Brian talking about these being uh, likened to uh, the mighty cherubim. No doubt about it. It is a tetramorph. But if you go into England and start looking on all of their churches, you will plainly see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John placed around Christ, uh, plainly described... Uh, as a tetramorph now uh, uh, let me just read a little bit here from this reference we'll just go with the first scheme where this came up with uh, uh, this particular individual Uh, the man Matthew um, because the gospel begins with the genealogy of Christ the lion is John because the gospel begins in full confidence the ox is Luke because his gospel begins with priestly sacrifice The eagle is marked because his gospel begins with a prophecy of Isaiah. So, from that we had many schemes that's come up by these Christian theologians. Um, I'm not even going to mention the rest of the schemes or whatever, but you should see this by and from Christian iconography on these churches all over Europe. Um, anywhere you go, you will see these, um, and a lot of people uh, have written to me in those locations and said, "What? Why is there four angels around Jesus? Uh, you know, in this particular church or cathedral, and uh, why does it show just one person with wings? That's obviously an angel. They don't realize. No, that's just one of the tetramorphs. That's supposed to be Matthew, and the other one is an eagle and." Mimic, mimicking of course, the four faces of the mighty cherubim all over since um, you know however, since the reconciliation of Christ, uh, we see that they are no longer cherubim in the book of revelation, they are living beings having been reconciled by Christ, so that means something very important but uh that's what you have to come to grips with, ladies and gentlemen, that uh what else could this be, except what Brian just described as this these Griffin entities? Now, you know it's 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 amazing to me. Let me uh you know let me let me bring this up. We haven't read about this yet, but we're going to. Now I did mention that Satan gets thrown into uh, Tataros for a thousand years. We haven't got to find out why yet. That's, that's coming up here pretty soon in the book of Revelation. But let's take note, the same thing's going to happen. Here's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. Satan is not thrown into hell. No, he's not. He's thrown into Tatarus. Why? Because he hands his authority over to the beast. I get that same shadow and silhouette here, ladies and gentlemen, as these, this army, this great army of horsemen, but they don't kill anybody. These, you know, entities. These these horses do it, um, and it's just amazing that people don't point this out. Of course, they greatly throw in the entertainment industry here and say that these are talking about Apache helicopters, which is akin to a psychosis. Uh, when you look at the Greek, uh, but uh, you know, let's 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 talk about this for a minute. They are described. Let's see, serpents. Uh, they are described. Um, well, lions. They're described as horses. So when you pull this apart. You can easily see what's being referenced here And the very uh, The list of course at the end um, And I like how the King James Bible puts this It comes right out and says that uh, That they should not worship devils and idols Making sure that you know exactly what's being talked about here Uh, The idols that people are worshipping and all that nonsense Is of course angelic in nature no doubt about that. Um, we can, of course, read. Uh, we can jump on over to Jeremiah real quick and maybe read uh, read through that just a little bit. But to God, don't have any problems with showing you what happens when these stars fall. Uh, they force people to bring out a genetic proof that they have the right uh, to be ruling over the particular area. They, I mean, God doesn't mince words here. Um, <coughs> Jeremiah uh, chapter 8, At that time saith the Lord, and of course letting you know he's talking about yeah, his day, they shall bring out the bones of the kings of Judah, and the bones of his princes, and the bones of the priests, and the bones of the prophets, and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem out of their graves, and they shall spread them before the sun, the moon, and all the host of heaven, whom they have loved, and whom they have served, and after whom they have walked, and whom they have sought, and whom they have worshipped. They shall not be gathered, nor be buried. They shall be foredung upon the face of the earth. <coughs> Please excuse me. <laughs> and death shall be chosen rather than life by all the residue of them that remain of this evil family which remain in all the places whither I have driven them saith the Lord of hosts okay so anybody that's ever told you anything different they were lying this is the truth these stars when they fall uh, they are the host of heaven Okay, and we we haven't got to all those other details yet, okay? But we're going to be given the details. But this is exactly why this happens. Um, whenever the host of heaven fall, you have to show proof. If you're a priest, you have to prove it. If you're a carpenter, you have to prove that's what your father was. Okay, which is going to just really turn the earth. Um, on its head yeah because your degrees ain't going to matter but I don't care if you <coughs> <coughs> oh my goodness excuse me but I must continue as I stated before the flesh is weak even if you have uh, a theological degree even a doctorate and let's say you've um, you know you've Formed your own, um, I don't know, nudist colony or whatever. None of that's going to cut it. Um, These entities are going to tell you to take your degrees um, and shove them and produce the genetic proof that you have the authority by way of being the heir of a teacher or a priest or whatever. I mean, God just comes right out and tells you. Um, how it's going to be on that day just so you know so with that in mind um, you know we also have to remember uh, that it doesn't ever say what's the what's the end of this horde we're never told that if they Uh, go back to the river Euphrates, or they just kind of police the entire area, but I will say this, ladies and gentlemen, um, coming up in future chapters, um, certainly something's going on uh, where they can hunt you down and force um, his mark upon you. Well, just take note that um, these might be the troops used to hunt you down If that being the case uh, your attempts at hiding is an act of utter futility Brian your thoughts on that
1: well that is uh quite a way to put that. I don't know how else to um explain that any better about the um you know it, it reminds me of uh the events of Ezra and Nehemiah when you bring that up when they have to go through and make sure that uh certain folks that had come back to Israel were who they said they were. And it goes through a very extensive process by extrapolation explaining just that and this goes into other parallels parallels, I would say when you even begin to consider those who say they are something and they are not and I mean I can just leave that almost to a degree right where it's at because even in the book of Revelation you have references to certain people who state that they are a certain thing and they are not one of those uh, apostles comes to mind we have things going on with uh, Matthew brought up prophets there as well well we have false prophets we even have what we talked about in previous episodes many shall come in my name and deceive many many coming saying they are Christians And shall deceive many, lead many astray. Well, we see all that happening as we speak, folks. You know, we can even see a shadow and silhouette if we go backwards in history, which is all over the Bible. For instance, we had a discussion here uh, this week because they watched a certain movie that is based off that infamous uh, Gospel of Thomas, I believe, off the top of my head, which is from the Nag Hammadi Scrolls that they found in a little pot down there by Egypt. Well, that's when the Gnostic heresies were embedding their way in. Okay, I'm doing some historical work in the background conter- concerning the Byzantine Empire. Okay, folks, and you had all kinds of false teachings they were having to contend with. So uh, you got parallels on top of parallels here concerning what Matthew just explained. So, I'm hoping I added onto the proper spot there and made sense of that, Matthew.
0: Yes, you certainly did, uh no doubt about it. Um, you know we have let let's just do this um let's talk about oh, we're down to four minutes. doesn't matter uh the spirit is willing uh let let's bring this up this last verse, Brian. What's your uh, your your comments about the sins mentioned here? Um, You know, murders, uh, sorceries, uh, fornication, um, and thefts. Did you have any thoughts or comments on that?
1: Well, this is an exact statement that we see brought up time and time again, uh, especially here in the book of Revelation, obviously it's bringing, uh, well, you've got some cross-references here to Revelation 17, which is interesting, but this is a discussion once again in the house because I I was questioned on this because of course, in the, um, well, they call it corporate... Churchianity, I don't know what other terminology to use for it here Because that's all they were doing was uh, Buying and selling in nonsense You know, and they will try to The doctrine they were pushing at this first church that I went here Was the infamous, uh, they call it the O-S-A-S Once saved, always saved And that discussion had to come up here Because of course that's all they talk about around here Revelation 21 verse 8 on top of it lets you know look folks no 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 you see folks don't seem to understand there's something called a covenant it's not I've raised my hand and I can become twice the son of hell what stated here in Revelation 21 verse 8 you have the same shadow and silhouette but the cowards the unbelieving and abominable murderers and prostitutes and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their portion in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. And sorry, I just read out of the Charles Thompson because I was looking at a different word here. But I think everybody gets the drift of what I'm getting at. Go ahead here, Matthew. Uh, Matthew, I think you muted.
0: Sorry about that. I did it again, didn't I, Brian? Boy, good grief. Um, absolutely amazing um, how weak the flesh is today. Um, let me ask you this, Brian. Did you want to talk about the uh, sorcery mentioned here? Uh, that you and I have uh, talked about many times before,
1: uh, the pharmacos. Was you wanting to talk about that? Uh, why not? We've never really touched on the twofold implication of what's happening. Because obviously, right. well, everybody... All right, go ahead, actually.
0: Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, everybody knows the entertainment side of this, uh, that this is pharmacose and it can certainly uh, mean drugs no doubt about it however you better understand this that pharmacose was also something else and that will make you stop in your tracks Uh, I mean but we have to talk about this here Because um, you need to realize that this is real. Um, It's been massively hidden and covered up, but we need to drag this into the light. Uh, So, Brian, can you share uh, any information about the other type of pharmacose? And actually, the one that, if you know about it, Brian... Uh, you're going to understand the entire process of why Satan does exactly what we just talked about. He gets out of judgment, put in a holding tank. He doesn't go to hell, ladies and gentlemen. No, he doesn't. For a thousand years, he goes into the holding cell before he gets to see the judge. It's exactly what happens. So, uh... Brian, what's your uh, thoughts? Why don't you just uh, bring into light what this other uh, pharmacose is? Uh, everybody knows it. So that's ever studied uh, mythology, and they never link it up to this infamous verse here in uh, the Book of Revelation. They always say that it's uh, drugs. Uh, and there, now, let us say that Brian, uh, you certainly have problems if you're addicted to drugs. No doubt about that. But what of this other type of pharmakos?
1: Well, in the past, what was my uh, best way of explaining what you just touched on there about why is it? You know, I've asked people this here so many times. Why is it that Satan was bound for a thousand years and everybody kind of looks at me? And this is where the meaning of this word comes in because I'll add on to it when I get here this Greek word in ancient Greek religion was the ritual sacrifice or exile of a human scapegoat or victim as I've explained what happens when Satan is cast down let me get my scapegoat you see folks they nobody ever asked that question well why is he bound for a thousand years well who is it that goes on to cause all the uh, problems? As far as the uh, beast is concerned. But to give a little indication here. Because I've read about this all over in okay. Greek lore. And including historical text and everything. For instance a slave. A cripple or a criminal. Was chosen and expelled from the community. At times of disaster. Famine invasion or plague. Did everybody hear that? Famine invasion or what? Plague. Or at times of calendrical crisis. It was believed that this. Would bring about purification. On the first day of the Thargalia, a festival of Apollo at Athens, two men, the Pharmoki, were led out to be sacrificed as an expiation. Now, I'm going to stop here because it was rather interesting uh, taking a break from the um, a massive amount of work I've been doing here this week. I decided to pull up this new variant of uh, Troy that was just released, a 10-part um, series. Right away in there, and anybody that's read the story of the Trojan War knows full well that one of the men was commanded to sacrifice his own daughter to stop what had been set in motion. This is another primary example of a scapegoat. And I, For instance, they bring up some things here that, in the Iliad, they go through and they list an entire amount of uh, different places where this is going to come up and i mean even if i had time to right now i have a uh website that i use continually uh perseus uh, and you can go in and search a specific greek word and it will show you everywhere that it is coming up in any form of a greek text that has existed throughout history and i've used this in the past and work that i've done and it'll well, I guess as Matthew would put it, blow your mind. Now, handing that back over to you.
0: Well, I, I have to bring up the most famous example of the pharmacos. Ladies and gentlemen, God prepped everybody for everything. And we know that there's only one parallel in history ah, yes, to the riddle, to the parable. Everybody knows that's um, Aesop's Fables. Okay, I hate to rain on your party. This is the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is the truth. Um, you have to realize that uh, Aesop was executed by the Delphinians. Everybody knows this. Okay. He was executed as the pharmacist, as the scapegoat. Now, everybody's probably shocked right now, thinking to themselves, what, is he talking about Aesop's fables? Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. So, this is all tied up and very important that you realize that this has been absolutely uh, put underneath uh, the rug. Now, if you would like um, some references to this, uh, just go over to my uh, Facebook page. Like I said, only my friends can view uh, my pages, but I posted uh, the Riddle of Phaeton's Chariot Ride. I will post uh, the link... There. It's extremely hard to find. As a matter of fact, I challenge you that once you find it, try to search it on Wikipedia. And they'll chase you around in circles. Okay, ladies and gentlemen? They will always take you back to the one that they want you to see. But I assure you, um, I went to great lengths to make sure uh, that this was uh, put together. But, like I said, when you search it on Wikipedia, you, you can't find it. Uh, They will only take you to the pharmakia uh, relating to drugs. Like I said, not that that's not important, but if you don't realize that um, it, it is common knowledge why this ritual was performed, and I'm going to repeat exactly what Brian stated. This was done in times of disaster, of famine, invasion, or plague. You just got all three forms of the Greek thoughts on disaster in one shot, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, do I need to read it again? Uh, What uh, this army does? What just happened? Okay. Because uh, whether you like it or not... Um. This, you know, this fifth and sixth trumpets. Uh, wow. Um, you're thrown headlong into all of those things, and you need to be able to put that together. Um, you know we're one third of. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, right now, presently, I think there's 7 billion on this planet. You can delete a third of them. You can delete a third of every green thing. Um, oh my goodness. Um, if you can't see that God was just referring to you in verses uh, 20... To what they were worshipping, and me and Brian talked about this uh, lightly on the last show, what happened to uh, Egypt's religious system after their army was wiped out and God removed the children whom he was about to straighten. If you can't see that this list plainly would refer to the ritualistic scapegoating. Because, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the murders, yeah, ritualistic sacrifice, uh-huh, fornication, I don't have to tell you about Alexander's mother, yes, she was a priestess, um, guess how she got pregnant, she was a temple prostitute. Nor of their thefts, Uh, you have to realize that, um, well, ladies and gentlemen, I guess you have a lot to learn. What all uh, rituals were associated uh, with their worship, what they literally had to do. Of course, the Greeks um, had a good way of, you know, painting over the word theft and calling them you know, quest, the quest for the golden fleece or the quest for this or the quest for that. Yeah, you had to go steal them. Duh. Yeah, you had to go steal the things, the items. Um, so with that in mind, Brian, oh my goodness, we're down to like four minutes.
1: So your closing comments, please. Well, I was going to add in something real fast. And, folks, we've talked about this to a degree. We did a program called Wings of the North over on the Bands of Time YouTube channel. But even encoded in there, obviously, when you bring up the other aspect of pharmakia as far as the drug aspect. Well, when you begin to go back and understand what was going on with the heart of all these ancient occult religions, which started with the kings of the east... And as you get those names brought forward in the book of Daniel, taking things even further forward, when the Magi show up and all that, well, folks, to get into the certain states where they're capable of doing things, they were using altered states being brought about by drugs. Now, I'll give you a perfect for instance. The Saka Scythian, they have found in their possessions in all kinds of different places, be it the frozen bodies they have found, the mummies, out there in uh, Bai Xinjiang, China. All throughout there, they keep planting hemp seeds everywhere. They were using this to get into the shamanic aspects of the specific areas that some of these people out in these areas worked with. This is all over the place. when Once you cross that threshold and go into the land of the kings of the east, you can't escape it. So this goes into a twofold connotation when you also see another reason why they're using the word sorcerer in the English, you start to get a parallel kind of spinning around here. I hope I explained that a little bit. Amen. Amen. And, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen,
0: um, wow, we're just out of time. Boy, the flesh has been so weak. This broadcast, but the spirit was obviously willing I think we covered everything that we needed to cover um, Not with a fine tooth comb But that's not what God eats with um, Well, ladies and gentlemen um, I hope you enjoyed the show uh, Brian, you need to bring everybody up to speed as to what you're doing We was doing In Time Tribune Media, now we're not um, So give clarity as to what's going on on your end Um, uh, you know, where you're going to be posting, where, um, um, so you're switching everything over to End Time Tribune Media, all of your written stuff, correct? Or uh, please give us an update about what's going on with all this material that we need. I mean, we don't
1: need just getting lost. Where is it? Yeah, well, the um, website, endtimetribunemedia.com, is where everything's being posted now. Um, can, from all the old material that I switched from over to at com. Um, so that's where we're going to be keeping the collection of the varied written materials on that website. And then uh, you can still follow me at Twitter on over to attention show or even Facebook. We have an end time tribune media page. And I noticed I got contacted earlier in the week. If folks, if you need to get a hold of me, you can email me at the bands of time at gmail.com. And that's hope. I explained that there. Oh, And, yes, we moved the Crucible over to this channel to stop causing confusion. Um, There's a lot of reasons behind it, but it's helping to make sure that everybody finds everything in one place concerning...